and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. What's new? And John. Hey, how are you? I was going to start today's episode with a size joke, but let's see instead if you can place this line. Honey, I shrunk the kids. And the Thompson's kids, too. They're this big. They're in the backyard. And I threw them out with the trash. And if the 1989 cult classic Honey, I Shrunk the Kids doesn't get you thinking in miniature yet, this product sure will. Mini couches, mini houses, mini cinder blocks. But before we dive in, let's start with an ad. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. Well, in the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Also, you can scale support and drive revenue and retention. Visit HubSpot.com service so you can do more with your customers today. So today in the tank, we have mini materials and mini materials comes to us from founder Jared. And he is asking for $100,000 for 20% in his business, which is a $500,000 valuation. Now, the product that Jared is trying to push is mini materials, which is authentic, high quality, modern miniature building supplies that as that sounds like, are just cinder blocks, for example, shrunk down to mini. Or it's like pallets shrunk down to mini. It is basically bringing like world-class, high-quality building materials to the world of dioramas. So you can build authentically as you're building your little miniatures. So thinking about our product and our pitch and our founder, what are our initial thoughts of mini materials? So niche. It's like you took a shrink ray gun. <laughs> yeah. To all your favorite materials. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got two conflicting thoughts. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're actually not conflicting at all. My first thought is, it seems like their materials are actually really cool. Mm -hmm. To your point, Ariel, it's not like, oh, we made like styrofoam that looks like cinder blocks. They like took a shrink ray to a real cinder block. Mm -hmm. And like, who doesn't love good shrink ray, right? <laughs> the flip side is, I have no freaking clue who this is for. It's very niche. Yeah. The only personas I can think of are personas I name basement people and Lego people. That's so mean. I'm just saying. I'm just but like, the Lego I people is nice. Who do you think it's for? Figurine enthusiasts. Basement people. that people. want to move away from Legos. <laughs> no. So this is for sim people. This is for people that play the sims and want to take their creations live. Jordan. I actually think that there's a huge potential because half of the sims users are only playing that game to build it. I think that partnership could make this explode and make it less basement and weird. Or Minecraft. Minecraft would be a huge great one. partnership for this. He even mentions that it's all about building blocks. So no, I don't think this is just for basement people because those two communities over the years have exploded. All right. So if we we're going to name these personas, we'd name them what? Like Herman Hobbyist and like Martha Minecraft. And Sally Simmer. Oh I could imagine if you started to drill into popular communities like Harry Potter or Star Wars. If you think about how Lego really markets to a wide range of adult audiences, 
then it becomes an issue of not necessarily like awareness or being too niche, but like just partnering with the right brands. Mm -hmm. If you can really ignite those types of audiences and get them excited about your product. I see people repurchasing things all the time that might not be their initial product type, but because they're part of these other communities they're really excited about, they will go and purchase anything related to that community. So like drilling into that, I think could actually go really well. Yeah, it's a really good observation and an idea around like using licensing to make the product more interesting and happen to other communities. I think there's two challenges I see in doing that. Number one, the reason Lego can do those licensing deals is because they're Lego. And companies don't want to license out their IP to some unknown brand. The reason that Star Wars licenses to Lego is they know that when they do, it's going to become a huge thing because Lego, it's like a generational brand recognition and love. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Mm -hmm. is one real challenge is that Lego brings with it the cachet and community. And that's why brands are willing to license to Lego. Whereas this, it doesn't bring anything with it other than an innovation in the actual product. But he's in a great place, right? Because it's like then you target a shark like Damon, who is all about licensing and knows and has those connections. You're right. Damon is really brilliant at licensing. He's deployed it really effectively in his career. But every time he's done it, it's because he doesn't either have the expertise to build something or the audience to distribute it. So what would be your advice then? If the issue is that he needs to build up awareness or presence of his audience more, like where do you think he should go first so that brands get excited to license to him? I actually think there's this whole market on Instagram for like unhinged, like dark humor content where it's like little grandma's figurines that you have, but they're like dealing with real life crises. I watch like the most terrible dark humor things. (laughs) This could be a really great series that he could build of like little characters that live in the little worlds that he has. Like this could actually be really fun. Everyone thinks I'm the morbid one. It's totally you. You're like talking about like apocalyptic. Yeah, apocalyptic bunnies, yes. (laughs) So this founder had purchased this business. This was not like his original idea. And he found it on Reddit. And I feel like that's a channel that we don't actually talk about enough. In terms of a source of organic traffic or just like audience and community-led growth, what are your thoughts on using Reddit as a marketing channel? And like if there's any pros or cons to really start to build your audience up there? So my main thing with Reddit, so if you're going to go to that community and that market, it's less about what is your like content strategy and who are your ambassadors that you have speaking authentically in these communities. I think with Reddit in particular, they are much more on edge when it comes to anything that's perceived as promoted advertising or ad space. It actually turns Redditors off a lot because the reason why they leverage the platform is to have community and discussions and for things to feel really natural and organic. So I would lean in more towards having whether it's a few ambassadors, like influencers, like within those space or within like some of those subreddits, doing things like an AMA about yourself Mm. of how you bought like a company and talking about that experience will go over so much more well than trying to push for serious content like you would with some other social channels. So it's really a matter of like authenticity. Yeah. Yes. Reddit is pure authentic and you'll get called on your BS (laughs) if you're not authentic uh, pretty quick. You will. And people will check your post history and stuff to see if you're like real or spam. There's a lot of sleuths. It's not the best marketing distribution channel in the traditional sense. But if you have a product that ignites a community within Mm -hmm. Reddit authentically, it is a wonderful and brilliant way to get a community fired up about your product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have a subreddit for mini materials and they show off the work that they do. Totally. See, that's what I was going to ask. Is it a type of space that you'd recommend brands making their own subreddit in? Or is it more of like infiltrating communities and being authentic in those spaces? 
My honest take is that if they can nail their persona here, I think people are going to do it for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyone who does this stuff, Basement Barry is going to want to show off his stuff. And so like, he'll build the subreddit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he'll become the mod of the subreddit. Basement Barry. What are his demographics? <laughs> Even though this is really niche product, Mini Materials is still making sales. This was a recent episode in 2023, but as of the last year, they had made $200,000. So clearly they're making sales, right? So I think being interested in the user generated content and what people are actually building could also ignite that community and get people really excited about. Yeah. But overall, while the Sharks found this product to be absolutely adorable, and they kept mentioning how real and authentic and awesome it was that it was made out of like actual materials. Like I think they were all looking at the cinder blocks made of real cement and they were just like in awe. Ultimately, there were no offers on the table because they really didn't understand how to overcome some of these issues when it came to marketing or really getting to that target demographic because the market was so small. So ultimately, the Sharks saw it as not an investable opportunity. Womp womp. So if Jared came to you today and you could only give him one parting word of advice, what would you as the new consultant say? My top advice to Jared would be to tap into an existing community that is already passionate about this space and offer a better, more premium product than they've been able to get on their own. I think it's going to be really hard to convert people who are not already into miniatures onto this product, but I think he could turn people who've been doing this and are passionate about it, who probably are willing to spend a lot of money into customers of his to build better, more innovative dioramas and then... I'd probably lean into contests and challenges and stuff like that as a way to like motivate people to buy and to post their product. I would encourage them to get a little bit more data, especially early on in a business. A little bit of data goes a long way. So understanding based off of his current orders, where his current customers are coming from. Are they buying multiple times for like repeat purchases? Like try to understand some of those initial trends. And then as you tailor your strategy and decide what channels you lead into, what content do you make? It kind of helps guide those decisions a little bit more when you know who your starting base is. And I would say just completely go unhinged. Go to the people that oversee the Eiffel Tower. Say that they need a diorama. (gasps) Go to the people that oversee Mount Rushmore. They too need a diorama. You could make it out of stone. Go to all the major landmarks and try to sell B2B to them. Yeah, the little souvenir (laughs) shops and stuff have little minis. Because who doesn't like a mini? Maybe don't take my advice, Jared. (laughs) But would you invest in mini materials? Sadly, no. I wouldn't invest my personal time or money. (laughs) I could tell that's what you were saying by your face before you even said anything. Just big frown. (laughs) I would, but not for 100K for 20%. I would be happier with maybe a little bit less. Ooh, so you could still get Ariel as an investor, Jared, if you're listening. (laughs) So fret not. If you don't get a shark, you can definitely get Ariel. Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite. 
Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each episode hosts an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time, along with deep dive conversations on the creative process that went into building companies and brands. If you like learning about history or learning about the creative process, you'll like this podcast. Listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts. 